Hi, I'm talking to Cindy Rose, who is a registered psychotherapist, and she works with children. And I wanted to talk to Cindy about um, how kids are coping with social isolation, online learning, and how parents can help prepare them to go back to school, and, and the, the many, many things that we're, we're dealing with with physical distancing and social isolation. So Cindy, last week I talked to three kids. One was 12 years old and in elementary school, my nephew Jack. Um, I spoke to Hudson, who's 15 and is in grade 10, as well as Marin Haskell, who is graduating uh, this year from grade 12 and is concerned about what it's gonna be like when, uh, you know, what her final grades will be and what it's gonna be like for her from an education level perspective when she goes to, to college in the fall. Interestingly, I got different perspectives, which I was hoping to get from each one of the, the children. So I'm gonna start with Marin and maybe we could talk a little bit about the challenge, challenges that she has. So she's at a very stressful time in her life anyway, graduating from grade 12. And what does that uncertainty mean for her? Well, graduating from grade 12 is a big deal for sure because you're entering into a new milestone in life. So you're leaving something that was familiar, usually home, usually um, you know, a structured classroom setting to, to a new world. And so that's gonna be unnerving and bring up uh, stress and anxiety and uncertainty for, for anyone. And then um, for students, I think that they have that element of excitement because they're in that stage of life where they're wanting to have some independence. They have this natural developmental need to break out from home and to connect with peers. So there's that natural excitement. And then now it's coupled with this uncertainty of how's that even gonna look and, and also grief of, I, I can't even celebrate this milestone with my friends right now. And uh, some of them, you know, they may not see their peers before they even go off to college, depending on where we are at uh, at the end of June. So, so I think it's really fair and uh, brave of her to be recognizing things that she's facing. And a lot of students in, in that age group are going through the same kind of questions that they're wrestling with. Grief is an under is a, an interesting word to use. I, I hadn't mm -hmm. actually thought about that, but it is. I guess you would grieve a little bit, no matter what the situation is, when you're leaving grade twelve and you're and you're leaving a lot of your friends, and you'll continue to see your close friends when you come home if you've if you've gone away to to school. But mm -hmm. you will lose that. Um, I guess larger camaraderie you have with students that you will have gone probably all the way through high school with. But I'm wondering too, with online learning, I asked her if she thought that online learning was already setting her up for some of the independence uh, she will have to, have to learn with um, when she gets to, she's actually going to Georgian College for the policing program. So since I interviewed her last week, she accepted a place there, which is fantastic. Great. But she felt that in some ways, um, the online learning was actually setting her up a bit to succeed when she gets to college. Yeah, and I think that's a great perspective, right? I think that with every challenge comes opportunity. And this is a new opportunity for students to be learning. And yeah, it is, it is requiring some self-discipline and it is requiring students to, um, to come up with some strategies of being able to, to learn and, and finish their assignments on time and create some structure for themselves. So 
uh, I can see how this has been a time where some students are growing in independence in a way that maybe was unexpected. So it's helping them develop some life skills that when they're in a classroom every day, all day, five days a week, they maybe don't have the chance to do. And one of the things that she is worried about from, uh, from an education point of view and, and missing the amount of school that, that they've missed. And, and I know if you're, if you're um, leaving high school, you actually don't usually go to the end of June. So May 31st, they're pretty much at the place where they would be stopping anyway. She's worried whether she will have uh, a deep enough, a deep enough understanding of what she needed to learn in the last two months, and whether that will, whether she'll be behind when she gets to college, and and maybe not at the level she needs to be at to start with that that education and in those courses, and and I, it's it was one of the um, anxieties that that we talked about quite a bit, and um, she did say she felt she'd be in the same boat as everybody else, but but it's a concern. Yeah, and that's important to notice, and it's important to recognize that every one of us are going to have different concerns and are going to be experiencing what we're walking through in different ways, and so if students are experiencing that concern of when I go, you know, am I going to be behind, Sometimes it can be comforting to know that um, they're not the only ones who are feeling that way. And that this is what's so unique about what's going on is that it is universal in the sense that everyone going to school in the fall will have been walking through the same limitations that this experience has brought on us. However, everybody's personal experience of how they walked through it will be different. So for her, it sounds like her challenge is, am I going to be behind? And maybe the stress of that. For other students, it may be different. However, everybody's going to show up in the fall and have had this season of not being in school for several months and carrying concerns. When you're in grade 12, you're um, really developing an independence from your parents. Mm -hmm. you're allowed to go out and um, you know do more things see more friends stay out later make more decisions but do parents have a role given the situation is there a role that parents should be playing in um, you know a deeper role in helping and helping their kids prepare for university and college and and to deal with uh, at the same time with the social isolation and you know, not being able to see their friends now. So where, where's the role in, in parents for someone of Marin's age? Yeah, that's a great question. I was talking with an old friend recently and he, he mentioned how um, you know, students are, are learners and parents can tap into themselves being students right now and learn from their students. And so I think that this is a great opportunity for parents to help empower their kids with life skills. So take this time and teach them. Teach them how to cook. Teach them how to balance their bank books. Teach them how to drive. Teach them um, all the life skills that are going to be transferable when they go to school. And also recognize that, you know, don't take things personally. So when they, if they lash out to you and say they miss their friend, that is actually a really healthy Thing for them to say and it's they're hitting their developmental marker where they, they want to be with friends they need to be with friends and 
in my personal opinion, I think that that's one of the age groups that's probably struggling the most with the social isolation because they have this natural developmental need to connect and to um, to be with friends. And so they're finding creative ways to do it online and through video conferencing and things like that. Not quite the same as face to face. So I think parents need a balance of patience and grace and also embrace this and, and try things in a different way. Focus on how can I empower my, my child with life skills during this time when we have the time so they're ready to go off. And parents are uh, parents who are working from home are super super stressed because they uh, have to do their job and and a bunch of people I know are you know they're working harder because video conferencing is so easy and it's so easy just to hey let's have a meeting you actually don't have to come from different places and get into a boardroom you can just turn on Zoom or Microsoft or web meeting or whatever it is that you're using and have these instant meetings. And they're feeling very more and more stressed because their kids are getting more lonely, more stressed themselves about going, not going out, upsetting. And if I go now, I'm just going to jump to Jack, who's 12 and in grade six. He is in a situation where uh, he, he feels he's doing well in school. The online learning isn't a problem. He misses having a teacher, so he misses that personal element of, of learning. And um, he, he feels that for some of his classmates, that's even going to be harder because, because they may not be doing as well with online learning. Um, they, they really may need more of that, of that personal attention. But because parents are so overwrought themselves and dealing with so much, what do you say to those parents um, who are who are you know feeling badly because they feel they're not getting to their giving to their and they're they're getting stressed and short with their kids? Yeah. Well, first of all, we need to remember we're human. Before we're even a parent, we're human, and uh, I think that if we can embrace as parents being good enough parents in this time, and give ourselves a break and some grace that you know. We were not, I don't think families were, we weren't necessarily expecting that we'd be raising kids in a pandemic. Uh, so it's, it's challenging at times to know, okay, how do I do this and support my kids? But also, you know, it's the analogy of the, of the mask on ourselves in the airplane too, where I have to take care of myself and my own needs. And so I think it's important for parents to recognize when they're hitting their limits um, parents may need to reach out for some professional help too and just talk to somebody and say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, and have how they're experiencing this personally validated and, um, and, and just embrace that, you know, sometimes I just need to be a good enough parent and make sure that I'm providing for my kids basic needs, that they're, they're healthy, they're safe, I'm, you know, feeding them, we're doing our best to stay on some sort of a schedule, and those times where you have to give yourself grace because maybe you didn't parent in a way that you wanted to that day, then you extend that to yourself. And if you're really struggling, reach out. Reach out for some help and don't do this alone as parents. How should parents be explaining to their kids what's going on? Because uh, it seems to me, and again, in the, in the case of Jack and with, with um, Hudson, uh, mayor who was 15 and in grade 10 and I spoke to him but how do parents uh, explain to children 
what's going on because it's it's so far beyond hey you can't go out and see your friends right now but you might be going back to school in may and you know when i asked this question everybody the kids all said well you know we know that it's coronavirus and it's covid19 and it's infectious and i need to stay home but i don't know if they really understand the long-term impact of this and where it could go in terms of how we live our lives yeah and part of that's developmental because kids their prefrontal cortex isn't developed yet and that's the part that really has uh, the executive functioning thinking so that's the part that has the logic the reason the uh, uh, impulse control all that piece and so so it's true that there's there's maybe not a full understanding of the long-term impact uh, i'm a big believer in answering what kids are asking so if your kids are um, if they're asking about for example why are stores closed and why are people wearing masks then answer those questions in an honest and as positive way as you can if they're not asking about that, then I, I don't think it's necessary to bring up because again, kids are perceiving things in a way through their own eyes and their own lens. So I think it's important for parents to have honest conversations and answer the questions kids are asking. And also, this is very important, is that parents aren't projecting their own fears and concerns onto their kids. What I mean by that is if you're indoctrinating yourself with news and social media and things like that to a point that are making you scared as a parent that you're not putting that on your kids and maybe putting bringing up things in their mind that aren't even there yet so that's where parents need to reach out to each other and talk about it with each other and try not to transfer that onto their kids but how do you know if your child may not be asking the question but is actually worrying about it internally but doesn't know how to express that or you know it may be it may be so far back in their mind that it's causing them problems but they don't even know it's there and if they do they don't know how to ask the question yeah that is a fantastic question and that is for sure happening i think that how you see that happening is through behaviors so kids uh, maybe are struggling with what would be termed emotional regulation so you may be seeing more outbursts you may be seeing um you may be seeing kids who become more hyperactive. You may be seeing kids who are withdrawing. You may be seeing that your child is regressing. And what I mean by that is they're, they're kind of going backwards in behavior. So maybe they're uh, wanting to come and sleep in your room at night or uh, there's other regressive behaviors going on. That's a really good indicator that there's something that they're holding on inside that they haven't verbalized yet, that they haven't processed yet so for those kinds of moments when you're seeing that you want to start with that so you you can start with talking with your kids about okay i see that you're something's going on here so let's talk about what you're feeling so it's called name it to tame it which is from a a, a leading mind in our field named daniel siegel who talks about when we name what we're feeling we can tame the impact it has on us so helping kids learn how to label their emotions and say, I'm feeling sad today. And then going from there, okay, so, so what's sad today? What are you feeling sad about? So then they may bring out the question of what they're feeling sad about. Because again, we don't want to assume that we know how they're experiencing this event. So they may be feeling sad because they couldn't see a friend that day or because they saw somebody wearing a mask or it's very layered why it may be. 
So when you're seeing those behaviors, take that time to help them label the emotion and name it to tame it. When they can say how they're feeling, often it can tame the emotion. So then they're in a space where they can express what's really going on. They can express their thoughts. Sounds an awful, uh, awful lot like cognitive behavioral therapy, but in a much, I mean, I love the name it and tame it idea. Mm -hmm. And um, I went through years of cognitive therapy and that's sort of a version of identifying a feeling, um, identifying whether it's a, uh, a real feeling, you know, a feeling mm -hmm. with merit and how actually should you be thinking about it and so on and so on. It's a lot more difficult than that, but name it and tame it. I think anybody at any age can use that. Absolutely. I use and it. write it on my wall. Yeah, I know. I wish I would have known it when my kids were little because I, you know, it's something I've just learned over. I mean, it's, it's, it's been out for a few years now, but it's a very helpful strategy. And Parents can find things online for labeling feelings. There's all kinds of feeling charts. If you have young kids, there's uh, Pinterest. Like if you just Google Pinterest, uh, you can find resources to be able to create space. And again, it's all about empowering. So important to empower kids, empower students. How can I express what I'm feeling right now? And as parents, let them be seen, let them be heard, and let and validate how they are experiencing this. I saw a little boy yesterday, he's walking with his parents, and I don't know, I'm going to say he was about five, and he was dressed head to toe in his warrior outfits, but he had on a mask and great big huge gloves, you know, wow. and, I, and, and I think that, um, and I don't know if that was a, a brilliant idea on the part of his parents, but I all know that kids, I see them all the time going up and down the street dressed like Spider-Man or wearing a costume of a you know, big animal and he's waving his arms and he's all happy I can tell he's happy behind his mask and I thought I wonder if that's a good way to help a five-year-old who really doesn't have very much deductive reasoning at the time understand what's going on mm, certainly a fun way right and well he loved it yeah and kids can come up with kids are kids are um, they they uh, have good ideas and so again as parents you know helping them helping them find ways to dig into that regulation. So whether it is dressing up, it can be something like that. It can be, hey, let's go outside and blow some bubbles together. Let's do some breathing exercises. Let's, so finding, tapping into um, what that, how that child uh, finds some relief or, you know, can, can calm themselves down could be really important. So I love that. That's fantastic. Jumping forward now to when they go back to school and uh, whether that's May 31st or in June or, or not until September, is there going to be some sort of an adjustment that, that they'll have to go through that, you know, it's not just I was away for, for a month and now I'm going back to school. Is there an adjustment that has to be made not only because of the time, but because of the reason that school was closed? I think so for sure. Uh, I think that, you know, when, well, first of all, I think that when kids walk into school, it's going to look different. Uh, I think it would be value, a great value for parents to connect with the schools, connect with teachers, and find out how is the classroom going to look? Um, are there going to be changes in things? How is recess going to look? So again, any way that parents can gain some knowledge to be able to help have conversations with the kids is important. So that would be a really, I think, an important step for parents so that and that's also going to ease the parents' fear because I anticipate that parents may be even more nervous than kids in sending their kids back to school. So 
that will help ease parents' fears too. And then they can have those awkward conversations. But yes, I do think that integrating even socially, all of a sudden you go from, I can't see my friends to I'm in a classroom with 15, 20, 30 kids, whatever it looks like. Uh, it would be nice to be able to ease into it so that we, we have a tolerable space to be able to manage our emotions. And so to be able to kind of expand that tolerable space in increments I think would be the healthiest approach if that's possible. So I'm sure that people are thinking through that. Might even be a good idea to start by easing the physical distancing and, and having situations or maybe, you know, parties or small parties or gatherings or uh, something like that at school where there's no education learning element to it. It's mm -hmm. a matter of, of getting back and getting into the to the kind of the swing of of getting up going to school seeing friends yep. knowing that I mean right now with online learning you do it when you fit it into your schedule you're not told you have to be here at three o'clock for your English class so have you been seeing or getting inquiries from more um, parents or noticing that children are becoming have moved from you know bored to feeling a little bit blue to really getting into more about um a serious area of um, depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't. I haven't seen that yet in my in my practice with my clients. Uh, I mean, most of my clients were pre-existing clients, and so I've already had some. I already had. We had some like a therapeutic relationship, so to say. Uh, I do anticipate that that could be. Uh, a wave of the future. I think that there could be kids who do struggle with some level of depression. Um, I anticipate social anxiety. Something I anticipate too is separation anxiety. I think that that could be something that comes up. So I would say for parents just to be mindful of that. And, um, and again, if they're seeing some of those behaviors I mentioned before with regression or kids having problems sleeping or outbursts, you know, maybe start reaching out now and getting some resources and support to help your kids be able to process some things because we, we need community now more than ever so the more we can reach out to each other the more we're going to be able to help kids be protected maybe from from um, going to that space do you think that we are at a stage with what's happened that at least parents might be okay understanding that their child has has a uh, some sort of a mental health concern and that they won't feel stigma and want to hide it. And then, so we all go back into the, into the closet and pretend it's not going on. Mm -hmm. I certainly hope so. I'm with you where I really hope that that's the trajectory we're on and that we all recognize that as human beings, regardless of our age, that this is a part of who we are. And, you know, we, I'm, I would, dare to say that all of us have times in our life where we need mental health support. And so I think that the best gift we can give to our kids as parents is when, if we're seeing that, that we reach out and we do provide them that support and that stigma is gone. And, uh, and that's actually really great parenting to do that, to bring that support to your kids. Cindy, thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, I'll be in touch with you over time. I want to sort of stay um, connected and check in uh, as students go and kids go through the process of going back to school and in general as we go forward in the world with um, with how we care for our for ourselves and for our children that's great thanks janice